0: All right, welcome back. This is Dr. TK. So in today's episode and video, we will be talking about ethics 101 on social media for mental health therapists. So let me scoot my chair back because this one is a doozy. This is the area that I see a lot of mental health therapists, especially the ones that I have had the luxury of coaching over the last few years. They tend to get stuck um, sometimes with being overwhelmed with just honestly posting But then when it comes down to choosing what they post how they post and how they brand themselves online that's when we start getting in a little sticky icky situation with ethics and so if you don't know a little bit of background about myself being a licensed clinical psychologist I have had the opportunity to also be a professor for over 16 years I'm teaching in the undergraduate and graduate including master's and doctoral level psychology programs at three various uh, you know institutions in different local- locations on campus and online. And then from there, because of my love for teaching, I have also decided to become a continuing education uh, sponsor trainer, which means that I can host events, whether that be live and or online for licensed mental health professionals. Unlicensed, Unlicensed can still come. However, the licensed therapists actually receive continuing educational credits or units per their state regulations, as long as they can receive APA credit. So this topic today actually came to me from one of my students in the Dope Therapist tribe, which is a membership program that I have where we get on a Zoom call um, each month and we talk about branding and marketing their mental health business and um, also certain tactics to make sure that they are complying with the ethical code, so they can also earn CE's. So this email actually came to me this week, and a student was asking. She's a grad student, or she actually just recently graduated, but she's working toward getting licensed. But she wants to start building her business right now. So her question was to the effect of, in summary, um, what she wants to do um, in the mental health field. What can she do right now to start bringing in recurring revenue? Rest- and also she had questions about which was the perk of my ears Um, she had questions about what other people were doing in the mental health field online specifically on instagram and can she do the same thing so what she had mentioned was that she knew some of the people personally they were not licensed however they were calling themselves a counselor a therapist that they do counseling and so of course I like just quickly press the brakes I responded right away via my email this was not one I would pass on to my team to summarize because I needed to let her know what it was and I especially focused on the fact that one we're not going to model other people because you can't predict how successful other people are but because you know these people this is just my clinical professional and also personal opinion personally you need to hit up your people and let them know that what they're doing is actually unethical and the reason why I wanted to focus on her specifically contacting her friends was because let's just say if they are students like she is or they're working toward licensure licensure they can actually lose their license before they get it because there are certain things that have to be in place in terms of students telling the public what they are as far as licensure status and then what that means. So today I want to share with you the three tips to ensure that the mental health services that you are branding online, like on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, whatever you use, that you are presenting yourself in the most ethical light. So tip number one, if you are not licensed, just simply say that. You don't have to put the words You are not licensed though, but you can say you are a postdoctoral psychological assistant. And then, of course, in your informational, psychoeducational videos, in your content, um, if you're allowed to have a website in your state per your licensure status or your supervisor's website, people should know what that means. And this is where I start to get into training with my students in regards to how to best utilize Instagram Lives and IGTV, or even on your thread, posting a one-minute video letting people know who you are, what you're about, and for students explaining to individuals that may want to seek out your services, what does your licensure status mean? Now, I've taught my students in my program that there are ways to explain to the general public that you are collecting hours, that you're an intern or an associate. However, that does not minimize your level of expertise in a particular area. It's just certain regulations that are um, in place for the state before you get licensed to take these two tests. And before you take these tests, you have to accumulate 3,000 hours and typically when the general public hears that you've already accumulated 2,000 plus probably some that didn't count then you have to accumulate another 1,000 and you have one more test to take most of them are actually okay unless they just know they want a seasoned therapist okay so number one is you have to proclaim your actual title and it has to be 1,000 percent true Tip number two, just don't use confusing titles, okay? So don't use the word counselor because some people see that word and they assume that you can counsel them, their family members, their children, them and their partner or their spouse. And so, again, don't use the word counselor. Just revert back up to number one and just put what you're Title is now. Let me just give you a bonus tip before I share number three. A bonus tip to number one and two is: do not make your Instagram name refer to you being a student, because then once you've built your brand, you now have to go change your Instagram name. And now, if I don't know your other Instagram name by heart, or I don't have other words to find you in the search box really quickly, and I don't have the uh, turn on the post notifications option on my phone then I'm not going to be able to find your page and if I can't find your page I'm not going to search for your page okay so and the reason I say that because I've seen some people that are on Instagram and they say future psychologist future doctor future marriage and family therapist of Texas or something like that and I'm like okay you've built up this beautiful brand and now you're going to have to go change your name that's not cool right so last tip tip number three um you want to on your page put your license number or your internship number because I want you as a student if you are a student to start practicing on how to brand yourself correctly because once you get licensed you'll actually have to put your license number somewhere. Now for me personally I do not have it on my Instagram page but I have links to my website to Psychology Today that all have my credentials. And if you are a client, this is a bonus one for a client because maybe you just stumbled across this video or, or podcast and you are just interested in what I have to present. So if you are a client or even if you're a therapist client and you are seeking out therapy services, do your homework, look for the licensure type, status, and number on the person's website, particularly because it may not be on their social media. And that's not mandatory, but it's best practices. Okay. Because if you are promoting therapy, like come see me for therapy, then you definitely want to have your licensure number up there on my feed on Instagram. I actually do not promote therapy because my caseload is full. One, you know, a a large chunk of my business right now is giving back to the therapist community because they don't have leaders like myself our leaders stopped in grad school like and maybe internship supervisors like once you get licensed you're on your own you know they like clean their hands of you so now that you got your papers you're good so for clients if you're seeking therapy look for the license number ask particular questions if you want to know how long someone has been in business ask them if you don't understand the acronyms behind their name ask them for therapists don't confuse clients by putting 5,000 acronyms behind your name it makes no sense that if you like let's just say For me, I received my master's degree in clinical psychology and I received my doctorate degree in clinical psychology. Why in the heck would I put M-A comma Psy-D behind my name? They both are the same credentials, but I will prefer to put the Psy-D because that's the highest ranking position, you know, and uh, career title that I have. Right. So I'm not going to put M-A and Psy-D because all you're going to do is confuse people. And some therapists do that because maybe you feel like it adds authority behind your name, but it doesn't. It just honestly confuses the hell out of your potential clients, okay? And we don't want to overwhelm people that may already be coming in with anxiety, okay? So let's just recap the three tips on ethics one-on-one for mental health therapists on social media. Number one, be very clear about what your licensure status is. Number two, somewhere your marketing materials you have to have your licensing status including your internship number and then number three this goes for clients and for the clinician just make sure that if you're a client you're doing your due diligence by ensuring that this person is legit that they're just not a counselor quote unquote that they are a mental health therapist that they are licensed and if they are in training, what type of mental health therapist are they? Are they a marriage and family therapist associate? Are they a pre-doctoral psychologist intern? Are they a postdoctoral psychologist intern? and what those terms mean is just pre-doc is the year before they graduate um, they're accumulating 1500 hours, but they've already accumulated over a1,000 out of three to four years and then postdoctoral student is they are accumulating hours actually after they've graduated and that is the same as a marriage and family therapist or a social worker associate we just go through two different boards to get licensed so that's why our titles are different so I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode or YouTube video Um, if you want to hear about other topics as it relates to branding a mental health business whether you are a psychology student and or you are licensed please make sure to subscribe to my channels and please make sure to leave me comments below specifically about your biggest takeaway I would love to engage with you the only difference with like podcasts and YouTube videos versus a live stream is that I can't see you but I would love to engage with you okay so again make sure you subscribe and I cannot wait to see you on the next one bye